It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Hey, what up? This is Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Barry, joining me as he does every single week, David Brandt of the Associated Press. David, no game to recap, so we're just going to jump right into Alabama. But first, good morning. How are we doing? Doing well. This, uh, you know, getting into that Alabama-LSU game, that was one of those, you know, there's a there's like a Saturday, a couple Saturdays really every fall where like so many awesome things are happening. And this was one of them. You know, you have the Alabama-LSU game. And then you had game six of the World Series. And actually, at the same time, I was covering a Blazers-Suns basketball game. And the Blazers-Suns basketball game was really boring because the Suns were blowing them out. So we were just watching LSU-Alabama, like up in the upper reaches of the Phoenix Suns arena. <laughs> it was awesome. It was, you know what I mean. It, it's one of those, like, November Saturdays. It's just like, yeah. you know, there's like seven million things going on. It was fun. And it delivered. It did. I'm sh- I'm assuming another screen that that y'all were tuning in was, was South Carolina Vanderbilt, right? Because I'm sure uh, there were obviously. a lot of eyes locked in on that one. There in Phoenix, the betting market for that was huge. But <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I 
we did. I, I had that one on in the background. I knew you were there, but you know, anytime you got South Carolina Vandy going on on a Saturday in November, you got to celebrate it. The best way to describe that game in the atmosphere was that you called me in the second quarter and we had a full conversation on the phone without any interference. <laughs> right. Or... It wasn't, I, I heard a little bit in the background, but you could definitely <laughs> hold the conversation. Like it, it yeah. sounded like you were out in public at least. But yeah, it was, it, you know, it was, it sounded more like a, I'll be honest. It sounded like when my buddies at like a high school game or something like that, <laughs> but uh, I, I'll say this hot take it, Vanderbilt's cheeseburger at first bank stadium is better than the cheeseburger at Kyle field and college station. Really? I, I have no experience with either of those cheeseburgers, but I don't, I don't deny that. There's some there's some interesting places with interesting food that you wouldn't think. Like when Ole Miss played in a baseball regional at Miami, and this was a long time ago. But you know, it's you know compared to SEC baseball, it's fairly bare bones there. Yeah, um, the field's really nice and everything. But they have a dude under the stadium. At least this was back in whatever it was, 2007 or something like that, who made like homemade crazy awesome milkshakes. And he just sold Whoa. them from like his, yeah. And they were, they were a killer and you know, it's hot. It's Miami. So like uh, get a cold milkshake and cover a college baseball game. Like okay. talk about, you know, I'm that I was all right with that. I, I could yeah. do that full time. So anyway, I hijacked that a little bit, but I, I totally <laughs> agree that you can get some good food at places that you're not expecting. Yeah. And you know, I was really disappointed in the burger. Um, at Kyle field. Cause I, you know, it was getting close to halftime. I was starving. We've been out all day and, uh, you know, had a very mediocre, um, burger at another, at a bar in college station. Um, which that was, what was so fascinating was like, all right, you're in Texas. Like you figure the beef is going to be I was good. About to say, right. That's any Texas probably gets a little outsized, yeah, you know, people just expect so much. You're expecting something, like, right? You know, divers, now, dri drivers, dining. How do you say it? Diners, drive-ins, and dines. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Triple D. Um, now the now the Republic Steakhouse in College Station was phenomenal. We went there on Friday and it was outstanding. But but yeah, I was really disappointed. Now they had a buffalo chicken wrap on the menu in the stadium that I was eyeing, and they were out of it. So I called an audible and just went with the burger because I was like, oh, safe bet. We're in Texas. It'll be decent beef. Nope, it was bad. But um, yeah. anyway, all right, enough stadium burger talk. Um, let's get into Alabama Ole Miss. Um, this one is uh is a little bit more interesting for different reasons now. Um, last week we were hyping it up and and really kind of selfishly hoping that Alabama would win. So this would be a you know the the gargantuan matchup that we all wanted. Ole Miss still in, you know, contention for the SEC West, two one-loss teams. Um, I have it on pretty good authority that college game day was coming to Oxford, and then they quickly shifted once Alabama lost, and they are now going to Texas TCU. So that's a bummer for Ole Miss fans and just for the overall atmosphere of the weekend. But 8-1 um, and Ole Miss, 7-2 and Alabama. Little bit different feel for this one after they lost to LSU and kind of how they lost. Um still leaning Alabama though, but I I 
I do think there are some chinks in the armor that Ole Miss could expose here. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, we've talked about this the last few weeks, and you always, it feels like, you know, blasphemy, because, you know, you've always got to respect the tide. But the tide just haven't looked quite like the tide this year. Not that they're good. They are good. Uh, they've got some great players that are probably going to have big NFL futures. But for some reason, this this didn't seem like an insurmountable Bama team. And, and obviously it's not because they've lost two games already, uh, including to an LSU team who I think is obviously getting better. But I think that, you know, if you had your normal Alabama team, that's a game they win. So I, I'm interested because usually after you catch Alabama with their loss, their one loss of the season, you get a very angry Alabama. But I think it's going to be, you know, with two losses, Alabama's just in kind of a different spot that it's usually in. I mean, it's – I wouldn't say, like, their hopes of going to the playoff or anything are totally dashed. I mean, they, they could still do it. But it's not often that Alabama is the one that needs some help. And right now, Alabama needs some help. And it's just a – it's a weird spot for, for both teams to be in. It is, and – I. I saw a stat earlier and I should have bookmarked it and I didn't. I'm trying to find it, but um, oh, here it is. So, over the last 10 years, uh, this is from uh, Brad Logan on Twitter. Over the last 10 years, only five times has Alabama played a regular season game following a loss, which that statistic alone is just insane. Um, yeah, it's crazy. They've won all five. They haven't lost back to back games since 2013 when they lost to Auburn and then they lost to Sugar Bowl. Bama hasn't dropped back-to-back losses in the regular season since 2007. Um, so the trends are obviously a Nick Saban and, and Alabama's corner here. But again, I I agree with you. They're not the same. I was wrong on this one last week. Um, I thought both Bama and Georgia would clean up. Now, Georgia clearly did. Um, and that score was not indicative of how that game went. They uh, They dominated that one start to finish. Um, yeah, Alabama, that was one of those like typical Georgia just suffocating the other team. That's oh you know. yeah, yeah. That was a that was a um a John Voigt game as I like to call it. A, that was an Anaconda game. Um, right. Shout out to to J Lo and Ice Cube as well. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, it was. They're kind of Bama's kind of getting it done in spite of who they are, and it's almost like Bryce Young is just doing it by himself for the most part. Um, because right. man, if if they don't have Bryce Young on Saturday, they probably lose by two, three scores. Um, right. Jay- if they don't have Bryce Young, they're they look super average. I mean, and average yeah. for Bama, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, you're used to seeing like without Bryce Young, I mean, the team's just okay. Yeah, and and I know you can say that about a lot of teams because okay, yeah, you take the well, starting sure. quarterback out there. Yeah, yeah, the quarterback has outsized influence on anybody, but yeah, I mean Bryce Young is even good among Alabama. You know, he's a special quarterback. Yeah, reigning Heisman winner. Um, he made some crazy, ridiculous plays to keep Alabama in it, but yeah, they just just top to bottom, they're just not who they normally are. They. I, I'm still fascinated and puzzled by the usage of Jameer Gibbs. Um, I feel like he just doesn't get the ball enough. And I don't know if they just don't trust the offensive line, if they're trying to keep him fresh and, and you know, put McClellan in too. But they just don't have the dude at receiver like they normally do, like they've had the last yeah. couple of years. And the defense has got some holes. I think 
the lack of a impact guy opposite Will Anderson has affected him. There, you know, most people are neutralizing him for the most part. And I think that Henry Toto has regressed at linebacker and they're secondary. They, they just don't have those guys that can just put the clamps on you. And right. people are exposing that. Now I know Kayshawn Boutte is a special talent, but there were other LSU guys that, you know, aren't any better than say Jonathan Mingo or, or Malik Heath. I mean, Ole Miss has guys that can get open, know how to get open. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this game this weekend and I expect Alabama to win, but I think Kiffin is going to have some stuff cooked up. And I think just, we've said it all year, the ultimate neutralizer for Ole Miss and making games fist fights and keeping them in it is the run game. That's just going to keep them in games no matter what. Um, Outside of the LSU one that just got really out of hand and Ole Miss had an opportunity to really throw a haymaker and missed and LSU made them pay. Outside of that, though, Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans and Jackson Dart in that run game have kept opponents at bay, and they've just kind of, you know, it's almost like a boxing match. They've kind of waited their, you know, waited for that opportunity where the hands go down. You you do the jab for about six rounds, and then you come over the top finally when you, you know, or work the body. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and that's, you know, uh, like we've talked about, the one really interesting thing about Ole Miss this year is they have an identity. Um, and I'm actually opposite of you. I I think Ole Miss is going to win at home. I, I oh, okay. I'm going to call it. I'm going right. to call it. I think Ole Miss is going to win. I think I think Ole Miss. A like even if Alabama was had beaten LSU, I think it would be a really really good game. But I I think Alabama's you know, to, to get back to a boxing or a boxing uh, analogy, I, I think they're staggered right now. Uh, I think, you know, it's got to be a weird, you know, when you go to Alabama, like all these, you're going to win national championships. Mm-hmm. And if that's, I'm not saying that's not on the table anymore because there are some scenarios where that could happen, but it's just not. And, and I think Ole Miss is, you know, obviously motivated. I think they're at home and I think they're pretty good. Uh, I think this is Ole Miss's, I won't say game to lose, but I think if Ole Miss plays well, uh, they've got a really good chance to win. I'll say this, and, you know, since you're, you're you're throwing out hot takes, I might as well throw one out there. I think the pressure's on Alabama this weekend. I think so, too. I agree. I think that – I mean, th- there's pressure on both teams to a degree, but I yeah, think yeah. there's more on Alabama. I agree. I mean, when's the last time they lost three games in, in a year? I mean, it's probably I could like Mike Shula. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think like so. Mid, when I first started covering the SEC at like 04, 05, that time, I remember Alabama was, you know, this was pre-Saban, and it was weird. Maybe the first year of Saban? It was, um, I just looked it up. It's been 12 years. 2010, they went 10 and oh, three, okay. won the Capital One Bowl. Um, so that was the year. Oh, come on. Give me the schedule. There it is. Uh, so they lost. Oh, lost to South Carolina, Stephen Garcia, Stephen Marshawn Garcia, Jeffrey, Marshawn, <laughs> uh, Marcus Lattimore, and then lost at LSU, and then they lost to Auburn. Um, so 2010 was obviously that was Cam Newton. So that's the last time they've lost three games in a regular season. So 
Yeah, I mean, Ole, I, now I don't think what you said is crazy at all. Ole Miss is a, a top 10 team, and this is going to be a dogfight, and it's at home. It'll be a raucous environment. And again, I think that the pressure is on Alabama to respond here because, I mean, I think that you probably ask every single person in that locker room that they played good enough to win in Baton Rouge. And Brian Kelly went for two and got it. I think Nick Saban's probably the only person that would say they didn't play well enough because that's just Nick Saban. That's who he is. But I mean, sure. they still countered every time. Yeah, LSU they threw played a punch. okay. It wasn't like Alabama just like rolled over or anything like that. Like they made some big plays to, like you said, to stay in it down the stretch. They really had the claw. But, you know, I, I just think, like you said, this isn't an Alabama team that's superhuman like some of them in the past. And that's really no knock. They're still very good, but they're just yeah. a little more mortal than usual. So you're you're saying you think Ole Miss wins this one. Now, follow up to that. I'm looking at the total right now. I believe it is still at 63 and a half. Do you think it goes under or over? Oh, 63 and a half. Because I kind of feel like if Ole Miss wins this game, it's got to be under. I That was my first instinct, that 63 felt high. It feels more like a 28 to 24 or something like that, or, mm-hmm. you know, even – because when you're getting in that 60s range, that's pretty high because it could even be like 34-24. You still don't get there. 34-27. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's an under – yeah, because I, I think if you're Ole Miss, I, I'm curious to see how they defend Bryce Young in this offense. Are they going to try to turn the heat up and, and and speed up his eyes and come at him with pressure left and right from the jump, or are they going to drop seven or eight and, you know, okay, Mr. Heisman, I want you to, to generate a 10 to 12 play drive and just beat us that way? Um, because I think – now, if I'm in the booth calling plays, which, boy, that's that's trouble, but I would just be team chaos. I mean, I would be bringing pressure from everywhere, very unique blitz packages, trying to confuse him, get him out. Even though he is good out of the pocket, I think Ole Miss's safeties are good enough in the open field to slow him down to where his legs can't kill you. And you add into the fact that you know, I, I don't think Bryce Young's 100%. He's still banged up. The shoulder is still not A-OK. And I think you got to you gotta heat him up. I, if, if you let him sit back there and you drop seven or eight and try to keep everything in front, I, I think Bryce Young's good enough, even with the limitations of the shoulder, he's good enough to pick you apart. And you can't cover everybody for six to seven seconds. It's just impossible. Yeah, I... I kind of agree. You know, I mean, the only reason I think Ole Miss would do that, like drop seven or so, is because maybe they will gamble that Alabama is thinking a lot of blitzes are coming and they'll throw them off. Because I think that my first instinct is the same as you. I think it's it's not just a game plan thing, but it's also an attitude type thing. You know, we're, we're, we're coming at you. We're bringing the pressure. We're not sitting mm-hmm. back and waiting for things to happen to us. We're we're trying to be on the attack. And I think there's something to be said just for that mentality generally. Um, Mm -hmm. But the only reason I can think of, because I think 
Alabama's going to think that's coming too. And so maybe then if you drop it, you confuse them and and maybe split it up, kind of go half and half, you know, mix it up yeah. that way. But uh, I, but I, I agree. I just think from a mentality standpoint, you know, if you're Ole Miss, you're at home, you've got a lot out in front of you right now, go for it. Yeah, and you, you can kind of maybe have the thought process that you know, Bryce Young's not 100%. He's not nearly as sharp. They don't have the guys on offense to to really make you pay, and maybe you you drop into coverage and and try to confuse him with some zone blitzes or just some different looks, and maybe see if you can pick him off. Um, right. You know, kind of hope your corners are good enough to to you know cover them. And you know, Alabama's receivers have been pretty hit or miss this season. I know Ja'Cory Brooks and and Treshawn Holden have have been pretty good, but. They've had some drops. They had, you know, a really big drop in that game against LSU. They were lucky to get away with that field goal in regulation. Um, right. Because they have Alabama breaks out the field goals. You always, but yeah, that was a great yeah. clutch kick. Because yeah, I mean, I, but, I, I can't, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was a first down, and you catch that, and you still have a shot to score to win. I mean, that changes everything. Right. So, and they were rolling. Um, they were moving downfield. And you know, oh yeah. Shout out to uh, you know the AP's main uh, college football writer Ralph Russo who was in Mississippi back in the Eli Manning days. But uh, he he sent out an interesting tweet the other day. Alabama and Clemson, he was like, you know, unless something really weird happens, neither team will have an all-conference receiver in their respective leagues. Oh, and wow. Considering, you know, the five stars in those rooms, that's kind yeah. of incredible. You know, I mean, when was the last time that happened? And so, you know, I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's insane to think about. Just the run that they've had the last couple of years. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. I don't think this is a slam dunk. I know people are going to think, oh, it's Alabama coming off a loss. Like there's no there's no chance. But you know, this isn't your your granddad's Ole Miss team. Uh, this is a well, very this isn't it isn't a typical Alabama loss either. I think the second loss is different than the first loss. That's a good point. It's just a yeah. whole different mentality. I mean, like, you know, if you lose one game, it is very there, – there is a long track record of teams with one loss getting into the, you know, national title conversation mm-hmm. or winning the national title. That happens all the time. In fact, it happens probably most of the time. So, yeah, you know, but, but two losses, the list gets a lot shorter, you know, especially yeah. in the SEC and getting out of there. And so I, I think – that's what I mean. Like, and you know, Saban's the greatest of all time. He may be able to push the right buttons, and I'll be wrong on this, but I think they're staggered. I think they're it's their confidence has to be shaken a little bit, and I just think that Ole Miss is in a really good spot right now. They have to play well; they'll have to play really well. But I think you know, it's one of those things. If both teams play a good game, I think Ole Miss can win this. Yeah, and you know, you brought up a good point about the, the the mindset, the mentality of going to Alabama, and you go there to win championships. And look, I'm not saying that they will, as I said it a couple of weeks ago, and A and M sure as hell didn't quit. Not necessarily quit, but how motivated will this Alabama team be now that they're almost certainly out of the college football playoff? They're not going to Atlanta, you know, barring some crazy domino effect of losses for teams across the division, but. You know, can they get up for this game? And, and I know right. that, like, that's what Nick Saban does. Like, he motivates people, you know, the the trademark make their ass quit thing that he always does. And, you know, they're all 
competitors. They want to win, but they're also 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds that, you know, they got to be bumming after last week where you lose in overtime. The playoffs probably gone. Some of them, like this is their last year. Can they get up once again? And I, I'm interested to see if Ole Miss wins the coin toss, are they going to receive? I feel like they probably want to because you think Kiffin is going to want to have a very methodical 2022 Ole Miss drive where you just pound it and run down all the way and score. And that's when you get the crowd into it. And then you really put the pressure on Bryce Young and them to respond out of the gate. Um, Yeah, it's so many different layers to this game this weekend and so many different storylines to keep an eye on. But, but yeah, I mean, I I think that's a very real thing. Like they already have two losses. Like what's their mindset going into this one? Are they going to be able to, you know, throw the last one in the trash and get up? Or is this just going to be kind of one of those natural lulls where they're a little sleepy in the first quarter? Right. And and when we talk about a team not being motivated or not, like it's all relative. Like I, I don't expect Alabama there to be a gigantic mutiny in Tuscaloosa this week or anything. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not like the guys are going to, but there's a very, very fine line. Like you said, Texas A&M played hard. But when you get punched in the mouth, I, I think even if there's a 5% difference in caring, that matters, you know, in big-time mm-hmm. college football where everybody's, you know, a five-star, a four-star, a lot of NFL players on the field. Just a little bit of, you know, the care, the want-to, all that stuff. I mean, I know those are all cliches, but I, I think they're important, particularly in a sport that's so physical like football. So, um, again, you know, anything could happen. What is the line on this game? I haven't even looked at it. ESPN currently has it at 12. Ole Miss is getting 12. 12? Yeah. Wow. Now I can pull up Odd Shark and see if it has moved at all. Um, But that's what ESPN is showing, and I feel like they typically – keep it updated yeah no they 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 know where their bread's buttered people yeah so odd shark is showing 11 and a half now so i guess maybe depending on what what book you're looking at maybe it started at 12 um so but that's just i mean gosh that feels like a lot i mean i i understand that alabama's favored but yeah yeah it's um and i mean that's that's got a lot of the name on the front of the chest right there so it opened know, at I, a, definitely it opened been, at 11 so it's moving well i think a there's little. a lot of people like you that look at those stats like you said that alabama never loses two in a row essentially mm-hmm. and they got in on that but i know. think you can the line movement on mid to late Friday and then into Saturday morning is what you want to watch. Right. Cause I feel like that's when all the, the whales and the sharps come in and I guess, cause the Georgia line moved big time before that game kicked off last week. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk a little uh, good news, bad news, you know, kind of if they get it done, if they don't, uh, we'll look ahead for Ole Miss and the remaining schedule. So hang tight. We'll be right back. 
This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. Weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The Ole Miss Spirit and Talk of Champions are coming up on the one-year anniversary of our move to own three. We couldn't be happier. Winning has certainly helped. Football continues to roll. Baseball is fresh off the first ever national championship in program history. Life is good. But change is always hard. And I don't even want to think where we'd be without LinkedIn Jobs, which made our initial hiring experience as seamless as possible. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Create in seconds a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word about your opening. They offer simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses ranked LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Football Rebels have a little over a month remaining in the 2022 season. You want them to finish strong, right? Well, you need to finish strong, too, with LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash TOC. That's linkedin.com slash TOC to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. That's LinkedIn Jobs, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. And we are back here, Daytime Fireworks, Zach Barry, David Brent with you. All right, David, so let's go Let's go with the good first. Let's say Ole Miss gets it done on Saturday, moves to 9-1. and one. They'll be 5-1 and one in the SEC West. After that, you've got Arkansas and Mississippi State left on the schedule. And 
it's going to be a quick turnaround because at that point you've got Arkansas the Saturday following Alabama, and then you have Mississippi State the Thursday following that one. So a quick turnaround, short week. It's at home, though. But I think beating Alabama, I would probably venture to guess that a lot of people's thoughts on the Arkansas game has shifted now that they've lost to Liberty and they are just not what people thought they were in the preseason, right? Right. Oh, I agree. I mean, you know, Ole Miss, if they do beat Alabama, you know, they'll be favored as they should be in those Arkansas-Mississippi State games. Neither of those teams are pushovers. Like, you still got to play well. Uh, And Mississippi State obviously just brings, because of Mike Leach and the way they do things, they're just a kind of a tough team to prepare for anyway. But – Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Ole Miss, I think, would be in great position. Like, obviously, you've got – you're at the mercy of what LSU does, you know, as far as winning the West. But I I don't think it's a slam dunk that that LSU beats Arkansas and Texas A&M. I mean, I think they can, obviously, but both those games are on the road. Um, You know, I think LSU is talented and getting a lot better, but I don't think they're bulletproof. Um, So, you know, I – there's a lot worse positions to be in. I would know that. <laughs> I know that. If they go 11 and 1, and I know there are a lot of variables at play here, what is the likelihood that they would be in the running outside looking in for the playoff? Do you think that it's an absolute long shot? Or do you think that there are some dominoes that could potentially fall to where they're in that 5 6 range and got their fingers crossed on? you know, the end of November, Thanksgiving, that somebody else falls? I think there's always a chance. And I, and I think, you know, you wouldn't lose hope in that situation. But because you, you think about if, if LSU does win their last, say Ole Miss beats Alabama, LSU gets to the title game, they beat Arkansas and, and Texas A&M, they play Georgia for the championship. If they lose to Georgia, they would have three losses. Ole Miss would have one loss. Now, their one loss would be a big one. It would be to LSU. But I don't know if that gap would be enough. You know what I mean? Like one loss, one loss to two losses, I don't – but one loss to three losses. Because, you know, obviously the SEC is not getting more than two teams in. Um, Right. But could Ole Miss sneak around on that four spot? I I think they would be in the running. It feels feels like to me they would still be on the outside looking in. But, uh, again, Utah, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of – the ways games could go, you know, if mm-hmm. TCU loses at some point, yeah. if Michigan lost or if Ohio State lost, you know, you got a bunch of teams clumped together with one loss. And, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the question at all. But certainly, you know, I, I think the easiest way would be for Ole Miss to win on Saturday and then LSU slip up somewhere and Ole Miss sneaks into the title game. Then you got a real chance. But no, yeah. I, don't, I mean, you know, you're still stranger things have happened. That's all I'll say. Well, that's the dream scenario, right? LSU falters, and then you get in, you win the West, you get to Atlanta, you have a chance to win an extra game. And I do think that the the what have you done for me lately uh, mantra is big for the college football playoff committee. I think sure. they like the timing of big wins and the timing of, you know, how you, you know, kind of, you know, how your momentum is heading into the postseason. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you, if you're Ole Miss, you need TCU to lose and get out of there. Because I think if TCU loses, they're done. They're out. 
the Big 12 is not getting a one-loss team in. And then Ohio State and Michigan, you know, one of those is going to take care of themselves. Somebody, yeah, right. I was about to say one of them is going to – they're going to lose. And then I, I, the dream scenario here is for either Oregon or USC to lose a regular season game. Because if they both went out and then get to the Pac-12 title game, then it's one of them is getting in. So even if Michigan, let's say Michigan TCU lose their one loss team, and then you've got Oregon and USC going to the title game and winning one of those is a one loss team. That's where I think you're just kind of on the outside looking in, you know, shit out of luck at that point. Because even if you go 11 and one, even, you know, if you don't make it to Atlanta, I think you don't have a shot. I think you're probably stuck at five or six. Yeah, I just, it would take a lot of stuff to happen. And, and again, college football is weird like that. But yeah, in the scenario you're talking about, Georgia, Ohio State, Pac 12 winner, then who's number four? Probably Tennessee. Probably Tennessee if they went out and they're 11 and yeah. one. Right. Just, and I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, even if you've got Ole Miss colored glasses on, like it, it's hard to put Ole Miss above Tennessee if both have one loss. Um, yeah. Cause I think at this point, I think LSU is going to have a third loss. I don't think they can beat Georgia in the SEC championship. So they would be gone. So, yeah, I mean, this is, you got to take care of your business and then, you know, you're going to have your eyes glued to some TVs to see what other people do at this point. Um, all right, looking at if they don't win on Saturday, eight and two heading into the home stretch, Arkansas, Mississippi State, you're going to be favored in both of those games. Um, finish, let's say they finish the year 10 and two. Are we staring at another Sugar Bowl against a Big 12 opponent, or will they mix it up and send them somewhere, let's say Florida for a Citrus Bowl or, or something like that? Yeah, that's, I mean, those are probably the two options. You know, it's another, you know, and Ole Miss has had multiple seasons like that. It would certainly be a little bit of a disappointment because of what you might have in front of you. But, yeah, it's a New Year's Six Bowl. Sugar Bowl wouldn't make a lot of sense. But they might send them out to Florida. But you'd, you'd get a big-time New Year's Six Bowl game. Yeah, it's funny to think that in the year 2022 of our Lord that there might be some Ole Miss fans that are like, oh, the Sugar Bowl again? Right. Um, I mean, it is, you know, it's, but it's all about expectations relative to, you know, it was like that year that Houston nut, you know, first came and they, they rallied down the stretch to make the cotton bowl and play the play Texas tech. Like they were hugely, you know, that, that was a great reward for what they had been through the last couple of years, you know, and Texas tech was the exact opposite. Remember, they were undefeated most of the year. Then they barely lost to Texas. And Michael Crabtree famously said, I'm not feeling the Cotton Bowl. And then (laughs) Ole Miss boat raced them down the stretch. I I remember that because Texas Tech took a 14 to nothing lead. And then Ole Miss scored like the next 70 million points. Yeah. And and I think, you know, in those bowl games, like it, it just depends on, you know, and it's not like, you know, Texas Tech is not like a program that should be disappointed ever with going to the Cotton Bowl, really, just considering their history. But they were, and you understand why they were at that point, because they had everything on the table. So, uh, you know, momentum and expectations and all that that stuff's real. I don't think it makes all this fans – I think you could go overboard on that, but 
you know, if you go 10 and two and end up in Orlando or something like that, like I, I understand why Ole Miss fans would, there'd be a little disappointment there. I think it's more of Ole Miss fans are kind of begrudgingly like, do we have to play the big 12 again? Cause <laughs> well, they, yeah, there's that too. Um, but I did see our, our very own Jake Thompson over at omspirit.com wrote about the latest projections, and there are a lot that have them in the Citrus Bowl. It seems like a popular pick. ESPN, CBS Sports, Action Network, Athlon, College Football News all have them slated to be in a camping world on January 2nd. Um, now, the opponent varies anywhere from you know the Big Ten, Illinois, or Penn State, depending on which outlet you're looking at um that would be ideal if you don't beat alabama and you finish 10 and 2 that's ideal where you play the big 10 you play a different conference you know an opponent that you i don't know the last time almost played illinois or penn state it's probably been a very long time um but yeah i mean that's kind of what you're hoping for right i mean i, I know that um, sure so if, if you're a fan that likes to travel and see different matchups and plus that old Miss Illinois game, if they played each other, that game might be over in like two hours. Both teams just run the ball <laughs> the whole time. That's yeah. That's like one time I covered a bowl game between Air Force and Georgia Tech in Shreveport. And you know, both teams ran oh, the triple yeah. option. And that game was so it was so it was so quick. It was amazing. It was like, is that it? That game's over? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that would it would be a variation of that. No triple option, but a lot of runs. And how about – shout out to, to Brett Bielema. What a job yeah. he's done. Yeah, I mean, they lost to Michigan State last week, which was gross. But, yeah, him and and Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator, they're going to have to pony up to keep him because there are going to be a lot of folks that are going to want to uh, swipe him because their defense is is playing out of their minds. Um, I'll give you one. Uh, Sports Illustrated's Richard Johnson – his bowl projection. I know has him. Old... He's a good guy. I like him. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Great, great beard. Um, very envious of that. I wish I could do a beard like that. But he he has Ole Miss in the Orange Bowl against Clemson, which you want to talk about some people rubbing their hands together, wanting to get oh, a piece that'd be of cool. Want to get a piece of Dabo. Um, that would be a fun one because man, you want to talk about somebody, Alabama being shell shocked and having to rebound. Look at Clemson. I mean, they just got absolutely dominated in South Bend over the weekend. I yeah, that was. I mean, I thought Notre Dame could win that game, but if you that was about my. If I thought there was going to be a blowout by anybody, it'd be the opposite way. You know, Clemson blowing out Notre Dame, but yeah, you know, all credit to Notre Dame. They they skunked them. Yeah, I had the I had the benefit. Like I, you know, like we said at the top of the show, I was inside first bank stadium surrounded by gamecock fans so i didn't even need to look at my phone they were all keeping me updated on that score um (laughs) but yeah i was i was shocked and they i i I was too and it just you know you were talking about the orange bowl just you know from a fan perspective like a trip around christmas to miami yes oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah there's there's a i i can think old miss fans you know, I wouldn't be too disappointed with that one. Yeah, obviously you want to go to the playoff, but if you if you can't go to the playoff, Miami for five or six days, I can think of worse places to be. Yeah, an access bowl in a tropical climate, done and done. Um, yeah, and 
real quick, what is Dabo doing with the quarterback situation? Why is he doing that? I don't know. That's a good question. I honestly, I haven't kept up with Clemson as much. I've heard, you know, rumblings from other teams, but what's your take on it? Cause you, you know more about it than I do. I, well, real quick, it's so stupid that to get ACC network, you have to pay like $20 extra a month. And I'm not doing that. So I can't see a lot of their games, but obviously this one was on NBC and I went back and watched the highlights. And I mean, they're just, they're shuffling, you know, DJ Uyangalele and the freshman, um, Cade Klubnik. And it's just the old adage of if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. You have no quarterbacks, right? And it, well, they just neither one of them could get in a rhythm. And I feel like in that game, when things are spiraling early, that, you know, Notre Dame blocks a punt for a touchdown and then, you know, a couple turnovers. And then it's 21 nothing before you can even, you know, take a breath. And I think at that point, you got to settle on one guy and you got to stay the course and try to, you got to try to let the dust settle and, and calm everyone down. And I think rotating quarterbacks is not what you need to do because they put Club Nick in. They were backed up in their own territory. And I think the second play he was in, he throws a pick. And then I don't remember what the score was at that point, if it was 21 nothing or then they made it 28 nothing. But I mean, it was over before, you know, they even really got going. And I just don't get why they're doing that. I, throwing in a true freshman in that environment was, was silly. It's especially with the way that game was going. I don't know. I think it's uh, maybe a little bit of, you know, you know, shocker for me to say this, but Dabo's trying to be the smartest guy in the room type thing where he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do it this way. And it clearly didn't work. So um, yeah, it's just interesting. And yeah, like you said, they don't have that legit wide receiver. They don't have the go-to guy. I mean, honestly, I think the guy that they've been counting on the most has been Antonio Williams, who's a true freshman, the uh, stepson of, of Murphy Holloway. Um, and he's, he's, he's very good, but he's also, you know, 18 years old. So it's just, uh, it's not, it's a very, it's, I like it. I love the, the parody in college football with how things have shaken out so far with, you know, the Clemsons, the Alabamas have taken shots on the chin and they're not the typical dominant team that they have been. Um, so yeah, it makes it fun. And, um, but yeah, just, very curious, and I think that right now it's insane to think, but Mac Brown and Phil Longo and the Tar Heels are the favorite to win the ACC now. Phil Longo, baby, never yeah. never goes away. I always thought I, I mean I the change at Ole Miss thought he was a pretty coach who just was in a tough situation. Let's take our final break. We come back. We'll look at Week Eleven in the SEC. Run through the uh, the lightning round. Give our picks on the games this week. So hang tight. We'll be right back to close up the show. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the Greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for fifty plus years, and would love to get your business and/or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365 you can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com 
podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Daytime Fireworks, final segment here looking at week 11 in the SEC. All right, David, 11 a.m. CBS. Uh, we got Missouri at Tennessee. Tennessee coming off the loss. I uh, We don't have to spend too much time on this one. I, I feel like the Vols are going to respond in a big way and handle business here. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, Missouri, I will say, has been a little more competitive in a lot of these games. Obviously, you know, they gave Georgia a tough time earlier mm-hmm. this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's competitive for a while. But Tennessee's just too good. I mean, you know, yeah, they lost to Georgia, but there's no shame in that. I think Tennessee's pretty legit. I think they they win that game pretty comfortably by the end. The number's 21. Very dicey on putting any real American dollars on that because I could see yeah, a late score I, giving Tennessee the right. cover. Exactly. That's that's a tough one. I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't put my kids college savings on that one. But uh <laughs> but <laughs> But uh, that sounds, I mean, 21 sounds about what I would put it at. Yeah. I think that's a good line. But, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, that's going to be close. I'd stay away from that one. Same time Saturday in Fayetteville, LSU at Arkansas. Only, look, LSU's only given three here. I saw that. That's interesting. Big letdown spot, potentially. Yeah. Arkansas also coming off a loss. Uh, there's rumblings of some, you know, locker room turmoil with the coordinators and who they want to play at quarterback. And, you know, they just did not look good in that game against Liberty. They fought no. back and had a chance to win it, but just, man, they rocket Sanders has been awesome for Arkansas this year, but outside of him, KJ Jefferson's had his struggles uh, the the touchdown interception ratio is good, but just haven't been as effective as last year. And I, I mean, spoiler alert: when you lose Traylon Burks, it's not good. 
But right. <laughs> I think LSU wins this one. I think it's close, though. I like LSU by 10 here. Um, it's a rivalry game. You know, what do they call it? The the boot game or the or boot? The, the boot. Yeah. It is kind of a cool looking trophy. It was a little bit of a stretch, but it does look cool. I, I'll much, that. much better than the uh, the Magnolia Bowl trophy for sure. Um, but I remember yeah, when I mean, that I, first came out. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you want Arkansas to get it done. You want to call the Hogs all day and and really turn up the heat for that two thirty kick because this one should be over before Ole Miss and Alabama get going. But I like LSU to win this one. I mean, it probably gets a little dicey early just because of the rivalry and the environment, but I think LSU pulls away. I mean, I, I do too, but that's a tricky one because I Arkansas for all of its struggles has talent. It's not a team that's just going to be straight overmatched on the field. And this mm-hmm. is kind of their last stand. Are they going to, they going to do anything this year or not? And I know they're right. not nearly what they wanted to be, but like, you know, they could salvage a little something here down the stretch. And I think this is their last stand. And like you said, LSU, it's natural to have a little bit of a letdown. Arkansas is a tough place to play. And, it is. you know, I think they'll still draw a good crowd, you know, and everything like that. It'll be loud. I, you know, I, I feel like LSU is going to win that game, but that it's what I was talking about. Why it was no slam dunk that LSU would close with, with two losses. And just, again, I've watched Jalen Daniels now, for a few years i've seen the great i've seen the ugly maybe he's changed but i i just feel like there's some sort of letdown coming but again i think i think lsu does find a way to pull it off we talked about old miss's tough close to the year arkansas has a similar one lsu this weekend old miss following weekend and then a short week to take on missouri and another so that's three straight rivalry games for arkansas so um yeah i mean are they gonna are they going to buck up and and maybe try to finish seven and five, or are they going to lay down and you know run the risk of going five and seven and losing four straight in the year? So, all right, um, next one. I I don't think we need to discuss this one too much. Vandy at Kentucky. I like Kentucky here. They are not having the year that they thought they would, but Vandy's Vandy at this point. They're just limited yeah. to what they can do, and I think Kentucky's good enough to to get this one done. Yeah, Kentucky's just better. I mean, you know, and yeah. Vanderbilt hasn't really shown me at any point that they, you know, because sometimes Vanderbilt has years where, yeah, they're not great, but they have moments where they can stand toe-to-toe, and I just, this this Vanderbilt team doesn't feel like one of those. All right. Around the same time that Ole Miss and Alabama are underway, South Carolina in the swamp against Florida. You've got you've got a bowl eligible Shane Beamer team taking on a Florida team that is reeling. Uh, they did beat A and M, but again, kind of similar to Kentucky, not having the year that they thought they would, especially after the opening win over Utah. I kind of want to go against the the suits here a bit. I like the Gamecocks here. They. I know it was Vanderbilt, but I've seen it this year. They get after you on defense, and they've got some playmakers on offense. Now, Marshawn Lloyd is banged up. I don't know his availability for this game. He did not travel to Nashville, which was news to me when we got there, and he wasn't dressed out. He wasn't even there. But they've got some guys on that offense 
that can really help out Spencer Rattler. Um, I was pretty impressed with with what they did with Jaheim Bell. Um, they used him a lot in the run game. He's a big physical guy that's listed as a tight end. Um, but then Josh Van made some plays. Antoine Wells made some big catches. And, you know, they just they just kind of it's a it's a beamer ball type approach where they're just they're gonna be physical. They're going to stick to the script on offense and they're going to really hammer you defensively up front. I'm very intrigued to see if last week was just a blip on the radar for Florida or if they're going to try to maybe pile some wins here and steal one from the Gamecocks. I think South Carolina is going to want this one bad. Yeah, this is a, this is one of those kind of like under the radar, like middle tier SEC games that I think has a chance to be really, really good. Because like you said, both teams have a reason, you know, to, to be optimistic that Florida's coming off a win. And like you said, they're not having the season they wanted, but, you know, momentum's, they've got a little bit of that. Uh, South Carolina, like you said, has played well at times. And I think this is a game that both teams are going to want pretty bad. Maybe South Carolina a little more on that end, but I, I just feels like a good game either way. But I South Carolina is one of those teams I haven't seen as much this year as some of the others. But you know, in the glimpses I've seen, like you're talking about, it's a very Beamer esque program. If they win this one, you look to next weekend at home against Tennessee. I mean, that is the free shot of all free shots. Oh, at that absolutely. Point, at that point, you're seven and three, you're four and three in the conference. And then you get Tennessee, who has just been the bell of the ball all season. You get them at home. If that's a night game, Columbia oh, is an buddy. underrated place, man. Like that's a very loud, good fans there. Very good fans oh, that's, there. And that's what I was going a, to say. Yeah, that's that will be a crazy atmosphere. That that'll be a very, very good atmosphere. It's it's impressive. Regardless of how they are, they pretty much damn near sell out that place. And their student section, you know, I, I know they do the Taco Bell student section of the week in college football. Their students are bonkers. And if that is a night game, potential house of horrors for Tennessee. Now, I'm not calling it, I'm not calling for a win here, but that will be a fun environment for that one. And then, yeah, an yeah, absolutely. Another that was. That was what, but that was just one of my, you know, when I would travel around the games, that was just one of those places. I'd say the two places that would have surprised me as far as their, their passion are South Carolina and Kentucky has good fans too, and they're rolling. Yeah. Um, so that one be fun. And then, Hey, look, back-to-back -back weeks of free shots, Clemson kind of reeling. Now you go to Clemson, you can play spoiler there in a rivalry game the week after Tennessee. So, um, all right, last one here. I guess we got two more. Um, Georgia at Mississippi State. I think Georgia kind of, you know, we we said it on the show last week where Georgia was kind of, you know, sitting around on the peripheral, kind of raising their hand like, hey, we're still here. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're still playing football. Um, now they get Mississippi State, who, man, had to use every ounce of it against an Auburn team with uh, interim, yeah. interim coach Cadillac Williams. I mean, they were lucky to get out of that one with a win. Now you get to host Georgia. This one's not – no, I'm not falling for it. It, it. No, this is a beatdown. 
Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything. You know, Mississippi State, I think, is okay this year. And at times, you know, because of the offense they run, Will Rogers can give you trouble. But, yeah, I just – there's nothing about State this year that makes me think they're ready to beat a team the caliber of Georgia. I just don't think they can – you know, Georgia's going to find a way to win this one going away. I think this is a game where, where Will Rogers will probably complete – anywhere from 30 to 40 passes and will only throw for like 202 and Georgia, <laughs> right. Georgia will win 41 10 or 41 13. Like this is now nah, that the athletes in space will quickly neutralize what Mike Leach and that offense does. Right. Exactly. I, I think that's, that's a good analysis of just, you know, Will Rogers is going to throw it a lot there. George is going to keep it in front. They have the speed. They have the strength to tackle really quickly. And they're just going to make State have to execute, you know, 15, 17 times to get down the field. And that's just hard to do for anybody, and not just Will mm-hmm. Rogers. And I, I just think – and then Georgia offensively, I think, will just kind of slowly hammer away and do what they do against most people. I feel like – you know, it'll be like Tennessee, except a little more, like 34 mm-hmm. to 10 instead of 27, 13. Yeah. All right. Last one on the uh, the docket here. I'm going to dub this one the hypnotized minds game because it's a battle of two, three, six teams. So that's a that's a three, six mafia <laughs> reference for those that that's, aren't getting it. Uh, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. Who's going to quit first here? A&M three and six, Auburn three and six. I kind of like the Tigers here in Jordan Hare, Cadillac Williams. I look, loved him as a player. He was one of the more fun running backs to watch back in oh, the yeah. day. They they battled, man. They they could have very easily, you know, tucked their tails because State jumped out on them early and they fought back. They've kind of found something with Robbie Ashford and, and kind of working with what he does and they kind of work around his limitations in the passing game. I don't know what the availability is for Connor Wegman. And and look, Jimbo said I is I'm pretty sure he said it yesterday. Maybe it was this morning. They're still battling the flu in the locker room. Um yeah. they were they were out like 20 guys in that game against Florida last week. So I, I'm gonna go Tigers here. The line is two. I think that Auburn can win this one by I don't know, three or six points. Yeah, I, you know, Auburn showed me something in that Mississippi State game because, like, you know, I mean, they had every reason to just totally roll over in that game, and they didn't. I think the the interim coach situation, I think there's, you know, players that are – Cadillac's got them at least caring, which matters yeah. uh, in a situation like this. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, it's one of those games that really anything could happen. But, yeah, if I had to handicap it, I think uh, Auburn's got a good chance there. All right, that's going to do it. Week 11, we are back in full effect, and we will be back next week following Alabama Ole Miss, 2.30 p.m. Central Time, CBS, bought Hemingway Stadium. I will be there. Tons of recruits in town right now. The number is over 30. There will be tons of prospects. We'll be there bringing you all the recruiting and all of the Alabama Ole Miss prep. You can find all that at omspirit.com, part of On3. You can uh, get a year subscription right now for just $10. So get on over there. If you're not a subscriber, go ahead and do that today. And you can get all of the 
insider intel on recruiting, read all the premium articles on prep for Alabama as Ole Miss tries to win game number, uh, I was going to say game number 11, game number nine in week 11. So, David, pleasure as always, safe travels, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Absolutely, Zach. If Ole Miss gets to 11 wins this week, that would be a record. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> I, yeah, that would, but, I, for the for the sake of the show, I, I hope you're right. I hope Ole Miss pulls it out because that would make for a great episode next week, and you can you can take your victory lap. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, we'll see. I, I've got my weekend cleared out. I'm ready to watch this one. All right, that's going to do it for Daytime Fireworks. As always, thanks to you, the listener. Thanks to David, and thanks to the sponsors that bring it to you. Until next week, we out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.